to the Waking Up From Work podcast. My name is Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 31 today. This is your host, Dave Swillam. Today is a super awesome episode for me because I met up with someone who owns a recording studio about five years in and really dug deep to pick his brain about some of the things that went into him picking the location of his studio, taking the jump, starting up clients, you know, everything that went into him going from what he was doing before, which he didn't like, and going into working a recording studio full time. And here's what's cool, guys, is it's not LA, it's not New York City, it's not Nashville, it's in the outskirts of Burlington, Vermont. So Burlington is a super sweet city, but it's not like that's the biggest city in the planet, and this guy's making it. So today you're going to hear from Ryan from Robot Dog Studio. And if you're thinking to yourself that because you're not looking to go into a studio, that it might not be applicable, we talk about so many other things for video, for social, um, different ways to talk about your brand and grow your brand, and picking a business location, a bunch of different aspects that I think are going to be helpful to you. So stick around for this one, episode 31, Waking Up From Work podcast. Check it out. Welcome to episode 31 of the Waking Up From Work podcast. I had to practice this like several times waking up because I, I kept changing it to different things. Um, today I've got Ryan, do you pronounce it Cohen? Yep, that's Ryan correct. Cohen from Robert uh, from Robot Dog Studios outside of Burlington, but not right in Burlington, right? What's the town? It's in uh, Williston, which is like 10 minutes. It's away from Burlington. It's the greater Burlington area for sure. So for you non-New Englanders are out there, that's in my favorite part of Vermont. I love the countryside too, but I love hanging out in Burlington in that area. And there's like an awesome music scene there too. So it's a good place to be. I I don't know how I got attached to Ryan's stuff off of one of the communities I'm in. I've mentioned it before, the Six Figure Home Studio. And um, I saw he was doing some really cool stuff with video for artists, which if you folks have been listening to my past couple episodes, I've been all in really pushing it and just kind of like warming up to this with Ryan. We're already starting to jive where he's like, dude, I've been telling artists this for a while. Like it's super important. So welcome, man. Thanks for joining me on like a, uh, a random Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, I was, I was telling you before I was checking out that last episode you did and it's, it's like so verbatim, word for word, what I'm telling artists all the time. It's kind of what I've been telling them for a few years now. And I'm, yep. I'm like really happy they're starting to catch on. It's like, you know, they come in, they want to do their EP or their LP or a single or whatever. And, um, I'm like, well, okay. First thing you got to do is do a video for it because, um, it's, it's just how it is right now in 2019 is like, YouTube is, I believe, it's the biggest uh, music provider. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a place where most people go to get, to get their music. And um, the other thing is, when scrolling through social media, is it's so hard to get people to go to an audio link 
Um, Ungodly is unbelievable, dude. So they just won't do it. You know, it's got to open up a browser or you got to go to a band camp or something. Who knows? It's like, it's freaky, but they will listen to, they, they will watch literally any um, Facebook video that comes up. They'll, they'll at least watch three seconds of it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I know. Like I just, I just put out a music video and watching like, it's like, I clearly have to do shorter videos, but watching it, it's like, I'm watching like the three second plays and there's like seven or eight hundred three second plays out of the seven thousand or whatever who have seen it. So like even the videos themse- themselves, and I've seen with some of your content, you're you're do you do like shorter videos sometimes, like to tease in, or do you s- do stuff like that, or uh, the um, the whatever the social media channel dictates the length of the video. Sometimes I'll keep it to under a minute, like a teaser uh, for Instagram. Um, though I started doing, uh, Instagram, uh, what is it? Instagram TV, uh, IGTV videos. So just getting into that, but, um, or also sometimes, uh, sometimes just that's the most action packed part of the, the performance and don't really need much more than a minute to get, you know, get the word out for this band or a service I'm offering. Oh, before, because I'm going to just like pick your brain so much on this, but just so people who haven't had experience with your studio yet, do you want to just walk us through like, how did this place come to be? You know, I, I've seen some of your videos, so I know how important Robot is for the uh, the culture of the studio and the name of the studio. But uh, do you want to just walk us through like, how did Robot Dog Studio get created? How did you make it into your living and and livelihood and what you do yeah i mean um i uh i went to school for nothing audio related um i but i've always been obsessed with music and i've also always been obsessed with diy and building things and engineering things and just whatever it was just trying to make my own version of it i don't know why that is but it's creating you just have to create. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And so I, and I've always been just really responded to music. It's, it's my therapy. It's just, I just always loved music and just the idea of recorded music is just, I don't know. It's, it's so magical how you can put together all these sounds uh, and, you know, create an experience for somebody and just, I don't know. It's just, been such a just enhanced my life so much over the years just listening to records um but just where i grew up very small town in upstate new york i um i don't know i guess i just never really viewed recording and having a studio and and doing what i do now as a viable uh career uh so right out of school I, or right out of high school, I went into college and I got a I got a graphic design degree. I had some kind of natural talent in uh, in visual arts, um, so I just figured, okay, I, I'll turn this into a, a a job that seems like the practical thing to do. And right. um, all the while, I was doing uh, DIY recording projects for anyone and everyone that would have me going to bands' basements and camping out for weeks at a time while we did their LPs or 
any apartment that I was in setting up a makeshift rig in the bedroom or in the basement. And so just doing all these projects on the side and just getting out into the real world of uh, graphic design, just (laughs) years and years in, I just realized more and more it wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are saying like, oh, it's it's a creative job or whatever. Um, but to me, it was it wasn't really the what I was creating wasn't really being sold on its own merits. It was more well, it was marketing. It was it was selling things. It was convincing yeah. people that they needed or wanted something, and you know, trying to trying to follow the coolest trend or whatever it was, and uh, just really wanted to create something for the sake of creating it and and let it stand on its own merits and and people would enjoy it or or not based on how good it was not on what strategy I had used to to convince them that it was it was worthwhile um, but anyway and along with that I was I guess trying to be a musician myself to some extent Okay. Um, like, like we all do, um, playing in bands and stuff. And, uh, I mentioned I had some natural, like talent in the visual arts, but I was so not a natural in, uh, in music and, and audio. I didn't come from a musical family. Um, it was just, it, it was, it was always a stretch for me, but I loved it so much. Um, so I would try to, I would try to write my own songs and I would try to, you know, um, be a rock singer or a, or a folk singer or, or whatever. And, um, it was just, I kind of wasted a lot of years just attempting that and never even like putting my own music out or, or anything. And it was just such a, at some point I realized that, um, Maybe I'm not so good at that, but I am really good at helping other people make their music. Sure. And and it's so much fun. And then I was like, all these songs stuff I was writing, I was just kind of like doing them as an excuse just to have something to record anyway. So um it was it, it was a big uh um aha moment when I just accepted that I'm just so much better at helping other people with their music than uh than, than trying to make my own. Yeah, you went through and you you felt what your strengths were, and then you just leaned into them. You like yeah. you felt that you were good with the music and the creative process, but your strengths were just better when you were like lifting artists with those talents to to show them or help them with their own flavors, right? Yeah, enabling um, other people and um, filling in the blanks and just putting people in a position to do their best work and sort of taking care of everything else for them, the recording and the engineering and the um, making them comfortable in the in the situation and getting them water and just kind of being chill and letting them do their thing and, and letting them be the musician and in general just kind of taking care of everything else. Um, but I guess like timeline wise, which I'm not very good with, but I do know that I've had this space here for over five years. Awesome. Um, yeah, thanks. Um, it's, it's 
crazy to me. It's, it's amazing how, how quickly that time goes by. Five years, man. I mean, that means that you have to, I mean, five years means that you didn't fail in the first year. Like so many businesses do five years means that you're alive and living, man, you know, cheers. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. I'm really, really grateful for, for how it's gone and really fortunate. So when you were getting to that spot where you're like, I'm going to go get a space. Yeah. Like what were the things that were your, in your head and the things that you're trying to determine to make it so that you had yourself in a position where you could, you're like, I'm, you know, obviously I'm going to have to hustle, but you know, planning your overhead of what you had to pay and then, you know, picking where you were at in your career of creating that music and being like, now I'm going all in. What are some of the things that for people five years ago, five years ago, you, you would tell them to consider or, you know, tell them about when they were doing that process. What, what was that like? Yeah, well, um, I mean, I did some rough numbers and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I got to get like $3,000 worth of work or something um, every month uh, to pay the rent on this place and all my bills and my apartment uh, rent just for housing is is not cheap at all um, up here. Definitely not. That's what I've heard. Yeah, relative to the size of the town, um, it's, it's a lot. Um, and I did the numbers and honestly, they didn't quite make sense. They didn't quite (laughs) add up. They didn't look perfect. No, no. (laughs) But it's like, I did have to take a, a a huge leap of faith, um, to do it. And I guess what I would say looking back and I I say this all the time to other people is that I would have just said, I actually would have said this to myself years earlier is just jump in and do it. Um, and, and I know, you know, that's, that's not what most people advise. They advise to do the budget and if it makes sense, do it or, or like ease in or, or whatnot. But, um, I was single and, you know, didn't have kids and all that stuff. And I think that changes things a lot, but I think, I think when you're younger, it's like, I think that's a good time to go for these things. Um, but at the same time, um, I did keep the overhead really low on on the place. I you know I waited and found a, a place with reasonable rent, and uh, just you know kept expenses low um, all around. Uh, I, <laughs> I this is kind of funny, um, but I have not paid for internet at this place <laughs> since I <laughs> since I've been here. There's always been like there's always been some free internet to snag, or um, you can do something like Xfinity Wi-Fi if you have it at home. Then you can get on their Wi-Fi network uh, nice. wherever you're at. So um, stuff like that, and you know, not getting into like. A lease on a console or stuff like that. It's it's just uh, um, it's a little bit of that DIY mentality of just like get the space up and running and do it and make tweaks as you go. Um, what went into like I know you were looking for like good lease options. What went into finding a space that affordably like made sense, but also finding like a commercial space that fit the needs of an audio studio like what went into those you know that search where how did you find this place um it was it was super challenging um you hit up landlords and they definitely um 
you know, act like you're the biggest jerk in the world asking to, you know, record loud music um, in, you know, whatever space they're offering. And it's hard. I mean, so hard. Um, You know, there's a lot of office spaces and things, but there's not a lot of like industrial spaces that are going to, are going to work for this kind of thing. And um, for however it worked out, I just ended up getting a commercial real estate agent. I think she just represented one place I was checking out at one point and just, I just, I guess kind of hired her on and, and she did start taking me around to different places and, she um, knew this one landlord who sort of, I don't know if she knew what she was getting into, but she's like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. And they're like, you know, they're like, what about the space we have over on Omega drive? <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, think, you know, by description, I didn't think it was going to work. Um, but it, it totally has. Um, it was, it was a, it was an office space for a, I think like a, like a, like a nonprofit, like a, like a soccer organization or something. Okay. And, um, it was about three slash four ish rooms and had this strange room within a room, which was inside of what's now my live room. Okay. So had to do, had to do a bunch of, uh, demolition and reconfiguring on the space. But then again, like, not too much, kind of just um, whatever you call it, sweat equity stuff that that um, you know, tearing down walls and and putting paint up and and moving walls, stuff like that. Um, putting in a sliding glass door, um, all the while not investing, you know, fifty thousand dollars on an extreme, right. uh, you know, not acoustically bringing in some person from Europe and, and measuring out and, and just doing this crazy stuff. You're like, listen, you know, we're going to make it so it sounds good in here, but we're not going to, we're not going to create this trillion dollar studio that just makes it so my overhead is just absurd to even exist. So that, that way I can actually help more local artists yeah. and still get really good sound. Totally. Exactly. Um, although there were a few requirements, like I, for one thing, I actually, the main thing was just a high ceiling, you know, yes. like get in a place with a high ceiling, then I could start to record drums the way I want to record them. Right. That's like the um, biggest challenge I see is that like, so like I've got like this, you can't really see it right now, but like I've got this home studio recording space. It's super, super minor like there's not a lot in here i work out of like a commercial studio freelancing in mass and i they have anything that i possibly want big console and all this nice toys and everything but i like to work out of here the most that i can because the overhead is this is where i live you know so it's really not i really can do quite a bit until i start having to track drums or like anything anything that i want that that bigger room sound on that's when i have to get in there you know, but I can track vocals, you can track guitars or bass or so many amazing things, like really in quite a few different spaces at this point. Yeah, totally. Um, and, uh, as, uh, things came up, like, like one thing is also we wanted a real acoustic piano in here. I had clients that were like really looking for it 
Awesome. <laughs> so we, it's 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 not like a like a Steinway Grand or anything. It's it's this nice um, old upright that we found, um, but we got it in here, and uh, so that and like and gathering instruments and amps and stuff um, just kind of made it so we could do um, whatever whatever we need to do here. That's awesome, man. So like year one, you're like, now I'm doing it. Now I have my space. What was, what was your process of, you know, like I know that you were telling me that you're going to talk about, um, you know, a little bit of your content and things that you created. What was your process of year one? All right, now I've got to make this work. Like what, what went into creating that? Yeah. Uh, well, um, I think I definitely at, at that um, in those early days, it was just throwing myself like all into those first few projects that I had lined up, um, and just going, uh, you know, just above and beyond and, and beyond to just, uh, you know, those were my portfolio pieces, those early projects. So I just, I just threw everything I had into them. Um, and, you know that sort of it was that is that kind of word of mouth that that got um got got me gears moving uh, yeah just got got things happening um how i started to i guess i guess even even before i started the studio i had really wanted to like do some video and and give people a window into the process and stuff yeah. And I think it was not necessarily like a big marketing ploy at first. It was just because I was so into and so inspired by this uh uh YouTube series um Shaking Through, which is takes place um at this recording studio, Minor Street Studios in Philadelphia. And it's it's part of like a nonprofit called Weathervane that okay. brings indie artists in to do these really beautiful kind of fifteen minute documentaries on the recording process and about their music, um, doing one song. And I I think, yeah, like ten years ago when I was kinda um struggling to uh find happiness in my in my um graphic design job i really kind of found that show and it just i just found it so um inspiring and just totally binged on it and you know always watch new episodes as they come up and i just i just it just got me so into the process and it was so beautifully done and i just really dreamed of doing that for the sessions that I have at the studio and, and showing that. other people and just, just really um, letting people come in and, and geek out on the process. And the thing was, I never really achieved anything like, like they had done down there with shaking through. Um, but it, I realized how hard it was to get people on board, get video producers on board to do that kind of thing. So I just at least started thinking, I got to, I've got to create something. Yes. You um, saw how valuable that was or how much that made you feel or relate to it. And you're like, if I can't do this other thing that I love, then I have to create something. And like, definitely dude, like from watching your videos, you know, I love the, um, 
Do you do like one of those live ones for like every session or that's like something that these artists are choosing to do? Those are great. Thanks. Yeah. Well, that's, that kind of coincided with, um, basically, you know, five years ago, um, I would, and we all go through this is you have a local band or whatever. And they're like, um, you know, we want to record an album an LP or whatever, you know, it takes us about 40 minutes to get through the, <laughs> through, through the set or through the LP, yeah. uh, you know, we sh- should be in and out of the studio in like two hours. Right. Yeah. And I, and and that used to be, you know, that used to like rile me right up when I when I was starting. I was like, no, no way, you know, we got to click tracks and we got to scratch tracks and all this. But then I then I realized, like, if you want to do it, then let's do it the right way, I guess. Well, I, yeah, I, I kind of realized that you actually can do that if you set things up the right way. Maybe not to that extreme, although. I have gotten close to, to to that, but I just in general realized that I had to do things much faster and, and much more um, raw and organically and just really got into the whole live recording thing, um, setting bands up to play together at the same time, um, whether their um, speakers and stuff are isolated, whether we overdub the vocals or not. Um, so I, I just got into doing a bunch of that just because that was what people could afford. And they also enjoyed doing it and it just made for a more fun experience for a lot of these bands that just kind of play rock and roll. And they, they used to playing with each other and not used to deconstructing the whole thing and putting it back together in the studio. So I was recording all these bands playing together live at the same time. I'm like, it's a real shame not to get video of this because everything is there. Everyone's playing every part. And, and that's basically, that's basically what's going on. The album is what was played here in, in this, you know, two or three minutes for the song. Yeah. So yeah. And I was, it was a little hard to get people along for it. And understandably, I mean, um, you know, professional videographers, you know, it's, it's expensive work um, to have them come in and do projects like that. So I totally understand. Um, but so I, I got a few, um, cheap, uh, imitation GoPros and started setting those up around the studio. Yep. And, and that, that totally did the trick that, that sort of, it's almost like, uh, if you don't YouTube it or, or you don't stream it or whatever, it didn't happen. Or, or if like people don't see a video, it's like, it didn't happen. I know, so, dude. Yeah. Even like, it's crazy. Like literally I tell even people, I'm like, dude, if you don't have time to make a video or you just don't feel comfortable in the video or you just haven't done it yet, at least just take a picture and then put audio over that picture and then <laughs> send it around as a video. But like, it's just the way that it's just the way that we consume, man. It's like, like this podcast and things audio, that's how yeah. we consume. And like all this Alexa and Google and everything, we consume voice products while we're doing things. Yeah, And then when we want to focus and then like do things for entertainment or education, it's video. You know what I mean? We still read written text, but it's like, I find that when people are reading those written texts, they're like, they're really looking for that text where video, it's just, it's crazy, man. It's just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it's, it's also, it's, it's when someone calls you up and I want to tell them about what it's like to have a session here. Um, you know, 
I work with it's it's just a natural thing. Uh, musicians are nervous and and anxious and they're they're insecure and stuff and yep. um you know they're worried about what might happen when they come into the studio and and it's it's really hard for me to to even like in a phone conversation say yeah, you know, everything's going to be taken care of. You're just going to be able to sit there and you're going to be able to play your music and just kind of take care of everything. You know, you're really just going to have to worry about, you know, playing your guitar or, or singing or, or whatever, whatever it is you're focusing on. And it's, it's really hard to like tell them what the experience is going to be like. So that's why that's another reason I was really hoping to get videos out there that just, give i guess people a little bit of a, a flavor or a feel for the process um sneak peek at uh, and they they're getting an understanding of like this is what's happening here so it's not just telling them it's also showing them like this is what's happening yeah yeah and then finally is it's just like kind of um getting getting awareness and and reach for the studio it's easy to think like you and and all your friends or or all these bands you work with like everyone must know about the studio or or what i'm doing but uh that's totally not the case there's there's all these people out there um in in facebook land and 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 instagram land even locally in your your local area that you know have never heard of your studio even if you think you're you're beating people over the head every day with your shares and your posts and everything yeah they it's just all getting lost in, in, in the politics and, and the, you know, and the memes and everything. So it's like, you almost, you almost can't get the word out enough for what you're doing. So what went into like, cause you have a pretty good YouTube following and Instagram following and things like that. What are some of the things that you put into growing that? I mean, obviously you create a lot of videos, which is great. And you did that long before people were screaming at each other to say you have to like myself like i'm yeah. wish i was in earlier everyone wishes they were in earlier for things what went into kind of your process for growing um some of the things that you have to share the studio message and what you do um well it was you know you had to just kind of do it and that and hope that people were paying attention. Um, and it turns out eventually they were, but yeah, I, I just had to kind of do it and, 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 and just, and just hope and also sort of do it consistently. And and I had to kind of set up some, some systems, I guess that, that made it, uh, easy to do it all really quickly um, and just kind of and even work it into my process of you finish a mix and then go right into editing the video for it nice yeah and also I guess the other thing is like they didn't have to be um, they they didn't have to be really you don't have to necessarily put a lot of work or planning into them as long as I had my my iPhone or whatever at one of these sessions, I could I could jump in there and and I could get some bit of content to to use, uh, especially when you just put that into iMovie or whatever and put it right to the to the mix of the song. Yeah, for sure. Like having the content and just having it be things that are really happening, people are, are naturally want to just see and understand those things. So it doesn't have to be 
it's almost better. It's like literally better that it's not like these pro documentaries and things like that, because they know that you are just a dude in Vermont that has a studio that you can go record at. So it's more like approachable than like, if I see some huge producer in LA, even if they might be a super, you know, low key person, I'm, if their production is crazy and like, it's, it's super over the top. Like, you know, I might think me as like a small New Hampshire boy, I can't, work with that person when maybe I do have access, you know? So it's like almost better to have it. Your videos still look amazing, but like they, they are approachable videos. You can, you see that you're really doing things that. Yeah. Just, it's just I, the I life that's, in the day. Yeah. You know? That's a really good point. And, uh, and probably, um, one of the reasons they've, they've worked out really well is they're just, uh, yes, uh, approachable and, and kind of off the cuff and, and authentic, just kind of a slice of, of the experience. At the studio. Yeah. yeah. All right. So because people maybe haven't seen your content yet and I'll, I'll click, I'll put links to in the show notes so people can go check out what Ryan's up to. I need to know the story between, uh, um, about how important robot is because like <laughs> he's in the name, dude. He, oh wait, he or she. He, yeah. Okay. I don't want to go down the wrong path there, you know, <laughs> but he's in, he's in the name. He's in like literally everything. What's robots, um, play in, in this whole thing, man. Like what is important, so, so important player there. <laughs> so, so instrumental. And I mean, I just, I just lucked into it. Um, he's just, he's the perfect dog. He's the perfect studio dog. He's so chill. Uh, and he's always been that way. He's a he's a big, um, fluffy, shaggy um, mix dog. And um, even when I was doing graphic design, he'd come to work with me. So we're just we're just inseparable. We're a pair. And um, yeah, it's just it, it's just been really uh, neat that that he provided so much of the of the of the brand story i guess not everyone has a mascot for their studio dude you know what i mean like you have yeah. you have a studio mascot <laughs> yeah <right? laughs> totally um i mean it's just i it's just hard to even um explain or describe you kind of have to come in and experience robot um we'll always have so many um bands and all these uh they'll have the other significant others along and they'll just be hanging out petting robot the whole time and he, robot's got his little bed next to the um next to the mixing desk and he's just here through everything through uh double bass death metal and yeah <laughs> just he's he's Dude, so, it's so funny how pets adapt to your lifestyle because yeah. like I don't have like I don't have my pets like as pivotal like they're not in the studio with me and things like that but both my dog and my cat have both adapted to that lifestyle in ways that like no other animal would unless they were like an audio engineer's pet <laughs> where like my cat like you can't um see him on zoom but Harold he like he has certain genres that he prefers and he'll sit right in this little V shape for my monitors. He's like torn the shit out of my, my studio chair because if it, like if I'm mixing anything that's really bass heavy, that's more chill. So like, he doesn't like when I mix metal, he doesn't like that, 
But if I'm doing rap or I'm doing like funk or like anything that's a little bit like less distorted on the guitars that has higher bass, he sits right here <laughs> the entire time that I mix right in that like perfect V shape where my monitors cross at and he sits behind me. And I've like even gotten used to like the way that he'll like move sometimes when I'm like, oh, you're right, man. Like, I, I hear you, man. I got to change that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's you know? into, yeah. And you then know my when dog, when he was working. a puppy and I was growing him up, I had just gotten Omnisphere. So I was sitting there yep. like anyone else would and just literally like click, change a sound, play it and be like, whoa. And just like <laughs> for hours and just watching him like, react and like do different things and like ear perks and like every different sound he would have a different facial expression because you could tell it was something that he truly in his short life had never heard anything like that he's (laughs) like what's that oh what the hell is that that one's (laughs) even weirder like just trying to react to it it's funny like dude they totally uh they totally lace right into the fabrics of what you're what you're doing with the career that like nothing else have i guess huh yeah absolutely Um, and I mean, yeah, like I said, I just kind of lucked into him being the mascot and the name of the studio and everything. Um, it, and, but you know, it's, it's like, uh, who doesn't like dogs? And yes, there, there are some people, it's interesting. I, sometimes I wonder like, am I losing out, uh, clients on, uh, on cat people? I don't Um, know, man. If you are, they're, they're terrible humans. Yeah, so I no. think it's, it is it is a bit of a, a litmus test for, uh, for for the clients. But I have had some lovely uh, clients who were allergic to dogs. And, oh no! Yeah, yeah, meant so much to me that they would still um, come and like load up on what a Zyrtec or, or, or whatever. Take this handful and still, of Benadryl with my honey for uh, my yes. vocals. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think I think he's uh, he I think he's been um, I, I think that whole attitude it's it's like goes along with um, like like you were saying it's like um, making the studio and the process more approachable and I think that's been really hugely beneficial for me too is um, is just being open to all skill levels and all genres and, and all types of people and all ages and stuff. And, and just having a, having a cute dog as, as the, as the mascot, as the, you know, as the executive producer, as I like to say, Um, (laughs) does he, does he have any, um, like credentials on all music or something like executive producer (laughs) robot? That's next. If it doesn't happen, dude, like gotta, gotta make it happen. (laughs) Gotta make it happen. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Well, so, I've got a couple friends that have moved up to Vermont. What, like, I just haven't been up there a lot, dude. And I, and I am planning on coming to play up there in uh, maybe like the summer or something like that. What do you, like, what drew you to that music scene or what do you like and not like about the scene up there? What are your thoughts on that, that Vermont scene? What do you see in there? Well, it's such a great music scene up here and there's such a variety of genres and um for considering the area up here and how rural it is um it's just there people are really open-minded and really um open to the idea of original music in this town and there's so many great venues that support it um and so many great studios um you know 
other than mine and so many great like patrons uh of of music in town um that it's just it's it's a really great environment um for it and um you know thing things can always be could always be better but it's like the challenges that people face everywhere and in, in getting getting paid for your music um yeah. you know all that all that kind of thing it's just it's the usual challenges um but yeah you know i there's no way in the world i could knock the the music scene around here and and like i said the variety is amazing too um i mean on first blush people might say it's it's all fish or it's all jam bands or something yeah but that couldn't couldn't really be farther from the truth there's a great um there's a great diy venue scene up here um there's you know there's always like two or three great diy um basement venues that are going at any time until they get you know shut Shut down down. and And they they just move and get another apartment and figure it out again yeah um (laughs) but i mean they will have you know they'll have a folk punk show and then they'll have an electronic show and then they'll have an acoustic show and then they'll have uh tech death metal or something or you know and uh you know and and the the music scene and the musicians around here have been have been really good to me so it's just i used i used to like think like you know, I like I wanted or needed these national bands and all this recognition or whatnot to to really, um, you know, that was an itch I needed to to scratch or something. But yeah. I've really just come to feel very you know successful and fulfilled and and happy um, in what I've been doing for these bands locally. And as it as it turns out, it's like it has been growing and, and more and more bands are coming from out of state. So it's, it's happening. And cool. so that's something I'm, you know, happy about and grateful for too. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, I haven't spent, like I was saying, I haven't spent a lot of time in that town, but it felt really young, felt really energetic. Everyone values like local or things that are created in the area or things that are at least just created from scratch. Like it, the culture in that area, people value creation. I felt like just from being there for like two weeks, every place that I was at eating food, every place I was getting a drink at, everywhere I was listening to music, anywhere that I was, they're like, oh yeah, this is from 10 miles down the road. Oh yeah, my dad made this in a shed in my backyard. Oh yeah, like I've been, you know, everyone there, I felt that from and I really liked it. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I, I felt a good vibe when I was up there. So I'm definitely, you know, I'll definitely be up there sometime. I'll, I'll let you know when I'm in the area. Awesome. Yeah, you know? I'd love to have you in. Yeah, hell yeah. You're, I looked up, I creeped real quick. Is your spot like right next to a, a sweet brewery? Yes, that's just what I was going to get oh to. Oh my was. God. That had to go into the decision a little bit, right? You're like, <laughs> yeah, whenever well, I want, I can go to the brewery. <laughs> yeah, they they moved into this space like just a little before I did, um, they're like kitty corner. It's a big, uh, um, industrial building and they're, they're kitty corner. They're in the opposite corner, but which one yeah, is it's, it? It's, uh, it's actually Burlington beer co. Oh, they're um, good, man. They make good sours. If anyone yes. out there is looking for a sour. Yeah. That's so good. Awesome. And they have a great tasting room and, uh, they're, 
they're dog friendly, robot friendly. So it's so good. Yeah. Fate, man. <laughs> yeah. Listen, and, it, it was meant to be. Yeah. And they've been really cool. They actually hit us up on Instagram and they're like, Hey, you know, you know, would you like some beers for the artists that are coming in? Nice. Uh, yeah. So they totally stock us up with, uh, with beer for our artists. So it's been really awesome. I mean, that's pretty ideal for me to go record and then get beers from the Burlington beer company. I mean, what else Absolutely. do you want guys? Yeah. I mean, get up there, go to robot dog studio. Let's go, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I usually ask people like five questions at the end. Did mm-hmm. you hear any of those at all when you checked I, out some of the stuff? I don't think I quite got to that, but okay. Uh, uh, so I ask five, and I and I don't want you to overthink them. Just like whatever comes off of your head. I, I love like when people just respond the way that they they think on the moment for them. So the first one I always kind of get from stuff throughout the podcast, but I like to ask it like as a pointed question. So I always ask someone what made you pursue this as your career or your passion? Like what made it so that you're like, you know, of all the things that are happening in the world, this is the thing that I need to do. Yeah. I'm just obsessed with it. Obsessed with audio, obsessed with music. I I just, I didn't really have a choice. You know, I, I go to bed at night thinking about, you know, how I'm going to, how I'm going to mic up this band tomorrow or how I'm going to finish up that mix. What if I, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's just life. Fair. That's it, yeah. man. You have to do it. Um okay, so this is kind of looking back at you from 5 or 10 years ago and you're like based off of all the things I've done or experience I've had, what would you say the worst decision that you made was where you were like uh, you know, a lot of people are are positive on the show and I love it and they're always like, but I learned from it. But is there anything that you were like I would recommend not to do this thing because that kind of sucked to deal with or there's better ways to do it in their process of making the studio. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could think hard and and think of probably quite a few of those, but I think the main thing, and it's I don't know if it's like exactly... Um, what you're looking for but like the the, like the main thing if you're talking like regrets or mistakes for me it's ever present in my mind is just not doing it sooner just not hear it all the time not going all in sooner that's that's really it that's i mean all the all the mistakes and kind of um things that came up and and i had to go through eh, nothing really compares to just not going and doing it sooner yeah very good, man. I love that. Um, okay, so on flip side to that, yeah. what's the best idea or best thing that you've done where you're like, damn, I did that at the right time, or I'm so happy that I did that, and I recommend everyone do that? What do you think? Well, that, that, is, a, that is a hard one um, to think on. But yeah, I mean, I guess as we've been talking on, the, on this um, you know, today is probably just, yeah, really glad that, um, even if, you know, it's such a slow start, but getting those, getting the video in, getting the GoPros in and, and just kind of getting, getting on board, even just like getting over my own, um, self-consciousness about bugging people on social media. Like, yep. I'm, I'm glad I got through that and got over that and, and just started going all in on that stuff. 
You mean by bugging people, do you mean like reaching out to them cold, like to say, hey, like if you ever want to do this, hit me up? Or do you mean just like talking to people like we are, where like I was just like, dude, I, I want to talk to this person because he's right here in Vermont and he's doing the stuff that I love. What do you yeah, mean by that? Um, actually, I mean, even just like, um, I, I mean, just like really posting out into the void. Um, like I, I see so many bands that are, that are like, um, you know, so sorry to, to spam your, uh, your, your feed, but you know, if you're maybe, if you got a second, maybe check out my, my, my new video or whatever. And, um, and I had, I had a friend, uh, kind of, kind of smack me down on, on one comment and that was kind of all it took. It's like, just like, stop apologizing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, um, so I'm, I'm glad I, I got on board and started doing this, uh, um, doing video. And I mean, other than that, I mean, I don't know, keeping expenses low. So, you know, just so I've been able to do this for so long, I, I suppose it could have been a huge mistake to, you know, go in and do something that was totally unsustainable. But so like just touching on the, the, um, social media stuff, I think that that feeling is a good thing because it means that you're a humble down to earth person. If you have that idea in your head, you're like, and, and I, I'm, I don't know if I'm those things, but like, I feel the same way where like I refuted social media for a long time because I was like, I don't have the audacity to think that what I'm doing is better than what anyone else is doing. Like who gives a shit? I truly, dude, I just truly don't believe that I'm owed anything and that anyone owes me anything. I'm just doing what I want to do. And I just want to do the things that I do. But kind of the same thing is like what you're saying, where like, I, I truly care about what I do. And the only way to be able to do the things that I do is to share that with others. And if people don't like the things that I do, they don't have to pay attention to anything that I, I put out there. And I think it's a different thing where you're like, spamming people and you're just like doing like all this ridiculous like aggressive shit but yeah i don't think that it's wrong to just share your story and share what you're passionate about all the time because why would you not do that yeah and i think that's that's a great attitude and and it does it took me it takes people a little while to come around on that and I'm trying, it's, you know, it's hard because people have to come around to things on their own time, but I'm, I'm yeah. all, I guess what I tell people all the time when they're self-conscious about that and they, you know, they aren't really taking the bull by the horns and, and getting the word out for their projects. I just tell them how much it enriches my life to, to hear their music and to, to see the art that they're doing and just how much people want to see and hear the things that people are doing Be a and part of it. how all that stuff gets buried under so many memes and, and political things. And, um, just, I don't know, just really try to, um, just convey the fact that what, what they're doing is, is valuable. It's making my life better. It's, it's providing therapy for me. It's just, and yeah. it's just, the and greatest thing they're doing too, right? for the world. I mean, you said it earlier, like music gets me through anything, dude. Like whenever I'm having a hard time, when I need to work out and I need to push myself when I'm feeling good, like music just takes whatever it is that you're doing 
and I feel like it legitimately fixes it, like, or at least it like makes it better in some way. Like maybe it doesn't fix it all the way, but like it makes my shitty times less shitty and it makes when I'm really happy and excited, it makes those times better. So it's yeah. like, that's the addiction that I have to it is just that I feel that it solves so many things. So like, if you're an artist, like definitely like share it because there are people, you know, y- your people will find you it. You, not everyone's going to like your record but your people will find it and then they're going to bring that, they will have that value in it. And yeah. if you're not sharing it with them, then they can't have that experience. Yeah. And the you other know? thing is, is that rule of sevens or whatever that in advertising, you need to see something seven times before you'll check it out or you'll try it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if it's exactly that, but it's something to that extent. And if you think about like how many times you heard about a band that you like now, you know, before you actually check them out, you know, right. so people have to be reminded that, yeah, you, you do actually have to bug people even when the stuff is great and it's worthy. And, um, yeah. And, and also no one's going to do it for you. <laughs> and if, and if you aren't, you know, happy and feeling good and proud about putting it out there, then, you know, no one's going to, no one's going to help you with that process or pick up the torch and, and be sharing it with you. Hundred percent, awesome, man. So, in your process, are there any like books, podcasts, videos, classes? Like, are there any tools for education that you'd recommend to either, you know, audio producers, entrepreneurs, business owners? Like anything that you'd recommend for the audience that was really helpful for you? Uh. Yeah, um, I mean, definitely lately I've been getting into the the six figure home studio podcast. It's Love it's them. great. Never learned anything about business before until the last uh, six months. So it's been awesome to hear from them. Um, but before that, it's I you know education is hard. It's like education to me is it's like it's been something that I've had to come around to on my own time to being able to accept and kind of let in these ideas it's over the years it's been more sort of uh inspiration for me is what i've what i've sought out and sure yeah i mean if you're a studio geek if you're into music and production and all that uh more people have to check out this uh shaking through series um from weather vane from um from minor street studios i Um, haven't so i'm definitely going to check that out after the show for sure it's so underrated um and uh beyond that one thing that i that i've like always really loved really binged while i was spending these late nights uh tearing walls down in the studio and stuff um is the working class audio podcast um that's uh that's been around that's well it's probably been around for 5 years now since i i'd been starting the studio and that really back then uh even kind of opened my eyes to people who were um you know struggling to with their you know make ends meet and still um making their studio sustainable and stuff like that it was it was one of the first things that wasn't just like and they do some of this but it wasn't all just interviews with um you know huge uh famous producers and engineers and yeah and there also wasn't a huge focus on techniques and stuff like that it was more just uh you know how did how did you make your 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 career you know work and sustainable for you so it was yeah. one of the one of the earlier things that that focused on that 
That's awesome, man. I haven't listened to that podcast yet. I've been all in on the six figure home studio. Those guys are amazing. Um, but I jive with that a lot. I mean, that's a lot of what my podcast is, is, is I am in the process of hopefully creating something like you have, right? Or others. And I needed a podcast to just talk about shit that goes down when you try to do that. You know, like it, it would, it's so cool. Like if I'm the one breaking down the walls in this place that I'm taking a risk on like that, that's very helpful for people that maybe they haven't even thought about it or maybe they thought about it, but they didn't do anything to pursue it yet. It's really inspiring to hear people like yourself that are like, I took the risk and I did it and I'm alive. You know, like hearing that story is such a good story to, to share with that, that I need to start a podcast to do that. And maybe someday I'll be at a spot where I can, you know, I'll never be at the spot where I said that I made it because I'm always going to look to be more than what I can. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe you bring other stuff, you know, down the line like that, but it's, that's a cool podcast. I will check it out. Yeah, definitely. Um, last question. This one's the easiest one for you, Ryan. Where do people find Robot Dog Studio? How do they keep up with you if they want to see the awesome recording and video you're doing up in Vermont? Yeah, like wherever is their preference. I mean, on the web, it's robotdogstudio.com. On Instagram, it's at robotdogstudio. Um, YouTube.com slash robotdogstudio. You know, you'll be able to find it out there and you can totally friend me on facebook um ryan cohen r-y-a-n-c-o-h-e-n and you know like the studio on facebook sure it's facebook.com slash robot dog studio something good like that yeah um it's out there and and yeah definitely hit me up awesome man all right sounds like you're a hard guy to find no it's acts <laughs> like the same it's perfect awesome man well thank you for taking the time to be on the waking up from work podcast episode 31 with me ryan and uh we'll see you guys next time thanks for tuning in on instagram too all right guys that caps out episode 31 of the waking up from work podcast i really hope you enjoyed the episode as much as i did because i had such a fun time recording this for those of you that get anything from the podcast if you could help me out Please leave a review on iTunes right now. That's the only thing that matters for podcasts for some reason, even though it's on a ton of platforms. I am in the process of getting this on Pandora and iHeartMedia to give you some other places to listen to it, as well as right now, my schedule's changed up a bit. So I'm going to be coming out with these episodes now weekly for once. So if I notice that I'm starting to mess up my side hustle at all with that content increase, then I will go back down to bi-weekly, foresee that happening at some point. But for right now, I'm able to, and I really want to bump these up and get you some more content. So right now, we're going to be coming out every Monday at 7 a.m. Eastern if you want to hear what we're jiving on. And I'm going to start kind of doing uh, more episodes, shorter, potent content, like that 30-minute episode that I did on social because that did help some people that I talked to. Uh, and also do some of these interviews that are longer. I'm going to start incorporating a little bit more, you know, episodal on potent music stuff and then episodes on potent uh, standard business practices that can be used for businesses and artists alike, just the way that they can conduct themselves or their business or income or career. So I'm going to start playing with things quite a bit here, hitting past episode 30. I think it's time to 
just keep rolling with this. I'm still loving it. And I just want to keep growing this and keep helping people in a way that makes sense for what I am able to offer as a person. So another thing that I got into, you know, I, for those of you that do know or don't know, waking up from work podcast we have on YouTube. We have this podcast, obviously at Dave wake up on Twitter and Instagram. And now because I am eating my own lunch at Dave wake up on TikTok, I've been putting out a video like every other day on that right now. And if you're not on that and you want to communicate with an age group of 18, 24, like real hard, that's pretty incredible. You can get 175 views within hours. It's amazing, but I'm enjoying it. If you want and and you like that, follow me on there and you'll see kind of some goofier content and some super, super quick tips and parts of my life on there that I can't share the same way on other platforms. I've got some good guests coming up for you guys, and I'm really excited to share it. Keep an eye on Facebook to see where those are going to go live before they come out as podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Go kill it this week. Cheers. Cheers.